Once again, welcome. Glad you're here. Thank you for being here. And uh, we've uh, just went through troubleshooting God. And it's a three-part series looking at some of the ways that we are not allowing our prayers to be heard and answered. How the problems on our end and things that we can look at and do to see why we're not receiving from God. God's always the same. God's got his ways that he has set up, and we need to find out where we are falling short. And I hope you all enjoyed that, and I hope that you're using that. And uh, I had planned today to kind of build on that a little bit and talk more about prayer, but sometimes circumstances, sometimes the calendar and different things kind of dictate the way we go. So we're going to fit this in today because of what the calendar says. And uh, it works well with what we were talking about previously. We've had some reoccurring things that we've been going through this year. And one of the things is, is the armor of God. And we talk about how sometimes it's really easy for Satan to penetrate the, the small cracks. And how that he makes things look normal. And how he just kind of slips it in there under the guise of normalcy and we get it a little by little and we just kind of let it slowly take over. And I'm sure that many of you are already hearing what I'm saying right now and maybe are fixing to stop paying attention or turn the dial and go to something else because you're afraid I'm going to tell you not to do something. It's not my place to tell you not to do something. We have to make these decisions for ourselves. God himself doesn't even force us to do anything. He gives us direction. He tells us what we should do, what we shouldn't do, and why we should or should not do these things. And I find it very discouraging if we just are told to do something without giving any kind of information why. So I'm just here to give information. So before you get frustrated and before you, you change the station, just give it a listen. See if it makes any sense. Run it through the filter of God. So first, let's start with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Father. We thank you for the opportunity to get into your word. We, we thank you, Father, for just allowing us to be here, Father, for everything that you've given us. We ask you now to take myself out of the way. Go let your true message shine through, Father, and to open our hearts, our ears, our minds, just to take a moment to just take it in and to mull it over. And then, by faith and by grace, be able to accept it. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. I want to start off with uh, a few scriptures this morning just to get us, get us started, just to start building our mindset. And uh, let's see here. We're going to start off in John, John chapter 3, verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because thou hast not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, the light come into the world, that men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. And the next 
we move to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 21. Ye cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of the devils. Ye cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of the devils. Remember that theme we talk about too, about you have to be in one place or the other. You can't be in the light and the darkness. You can't have one foot in, one foot out. You're either in the light or you're in the dark. Ephesians 5 and 11. And I have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of the darkness, but rather reprove them. And 1 Thessalonians 5. Twenty-one and twenty-two. Prove all things, hold fast to which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. All right, so I got a smart audience. We know what today is. We know what I'm throwing out here. So. Why? You know, for many people, we do the bare minimum. You know, if you've ever had that that job that you really are not that fond of, your heart's not really into it, you're there because you need a paycheck, a lot of times you find yourself doing just enough to get by. Through our, our school age, we don't really ever go above and beyond. We could do just enough to get by. We're happy doing the, the bare minimum just to get us through and get us to the next thing. And that doesn't change when it comes to God. We are willing to only do the bare minimum. Many of us seek salvation but it's only into the form of which, well, that just in case, just in case all of this is real, we want to make sure that well, at least we have that salvation. We've done that deed to be able to get us to the, the next step. But this life and our relationship with God is so much more than fire insurance. It's so much more than a guaranteed trip to heaven. We have work to do here. We have things that God wants us to accomplish. We have an ideal image that God has created for us that we are to fulfill if we choose to. But yet there are so many things that prevent us from doing that. We want to do the bare minimum because we don't want to put the effort into it. We as humans many times are a lazy, lazy bunch. We want to do nothing 
and get everything. We see these movements with these younger generations where they see things like socialism as a good thing because they don't have to put out any effort. They see things as capitalism and being able to make your own way and be able to gain wealth and things like that as being bad, but not because of the product, but because of the effort it takes to do that. People would much matter let someone else do the work. And that's one aspect of it. And the other aspect is that we want to do what we want to do. We don't want to have no one, no thing telling us how to live. Especially when it comes to our entertainment, our fun, our pleasure. You ever notice that? It's the, it's the things that involve the flesh that we fight for the most. Because that's the things that contain our physical pleasure. It contains our feelings. And those are the things that we want to preserve and we want to feed and we want to do. See, but God's got a different idea because this body is temporary. This world is temporary. But our soul is eternal. We look today and we see a lot of empty seats. And I'd be curious how it is in other places. Is it looking the same everywhere else? Because people have other things to do today, other things on their minds. Perhaps they had a busy night last night. I wonder how much went into today that was taken away from something else, such as God. I find myself in a, in a hardware store quite often. My uh, secular job requires a lot of trips there. And if you never look at a calendar or don't know the seasons, you can always tell where we're at by what's on display, what they have front and center. The only thing you have to do is remember to back up a little bit because everybody's always getting an early start. And it seems like every year we're rolling that starting point back further and further. And it used to be that October 1st, was the beginning of the self-proclaimed spooky season. But now we see it trickling into September because people want to be able to stretch it out longer and be able to do the things they do longer. And of course, people want to be able to capitalize on this as well and be able to start selling those things earlier and making a few more dollars along the way. And then we see it go well past its expiration date to be able to, to stretch a few more days or a few more weeks out of it because it's so well enjoyed. And on my way to get the things that I need, 
for work, I go by and I look and I see all of these, these things. Skeletons and ghosts and an anatomic horse that has the price of a real one. And as I'm, I'm loading up lumber, I look out and I see baskets upon baskets of this stuff going out. So that we can go to our homes that we try to keep cobweb free through the rest of the year and fill it up with these things. And it seems harmless. It's just fun. And we hear so many people say, this is my favorite time of year. This is my favorite holiday. And the numbers show it. It is one of the biggest holidays to spend money on. Millions of dollars are spent on pet costumes every year. 2018, 5.8 million was spent on pet costumes alone, just so your Dotson can look like a hot dog. Imagine what that same amount of money could do if we seeded it into the kingdom of heaven. If we let God take a hold of it and do something with it. Oh, but there I go again, trying to steer you away. You know, I could stand here for a few hours and I could tell you about the, the origins of Halloween. I could tell you of its pagan roots. I could tell you how the Catholic Church decided it was better to embrace it, to be able to try to bring in people underneath false circumstances than it would be to stand their ground from biblical principles. I could tell you about the darkness, the evilness, and other things. What I want you to do today is just look at it through God's filter. It's a day that represents darkness. And what is that? That is the opposite of what God is. God is the light. It is a day that is said to believe that we can connect with the dead. We can talk to the spirits. We have such a focus on what is gone, what is dead, what is past, what is not of this world. But God is living. God sent his son so we can have eternal life. Heaven is a grand place. 
God tells us that heaven is a place where there's no more tears. There's no more hurting. There's no more pain. God cannot look upon sin. God himself cannot look upon sin. That he had to send his son Jesus. He had to cover our sinful selves with his blood so that God could look upon us again. So, how is it that our loved ones that went, went ahead of us, how could they come back and communicate with us? Just because a calendar has a picture of a pumpkin on it. How could they look upon us being in a sinful world? How could they do that without tears, without pain, seeing that we are still here, we are disconnected? So if it's not our loved ones, then what is it? What are we trying to communicate with? We see countless accounts in the Word of God of people that's been consumed by dark forces. Because they didn't have their armor up. Because they let them in. We have the world that's trying to attack us every day. Satan is trying to attack us every day. Satan is trying to penetrate our armor. And that's just the ones that decide to put it on. There is so many of us that is walking around without any kind of protection whatsoever. And it's easy to be consumed. So we invited in. But you say, this has been going on for generations and generations and generations. Yes. So has the battle of light and dark, good and evil. So has Satan's attacks. But we just allow it to continue because that's what we've always done. That's what we've done from generation to generation. Generational curses. We just pass it down. Because we fail to look through God's filter. We go around collecting treats from people when God is our source. It's teaching us to go to man to receive. We should be receiving from God. It gives excuses for evil to take place. We become something else. We dressed up in costumes, we put on masks. But not of things that are 
inspiring, but things that are not of this world, not of God, hideous and dark, things that are not in God's image, things that are not of who God made us to be. They're reflections of the dark, reflections of Satan, reflections of things that we should want no part of. Many times as a child, we play things that we want to do as we grow up. We want to be a, a policeman, a doctor. But yet we see so much other things. So much darkness. And then we bend and break the laws of God. There was a commercial going around, I believe it was last year, and we see two children going around for their trick-or-treats. And when we get back to the end of the commercial, we realize that the boy is dressed up in the girl's costume, and the girl is dressed up as the boy. And this is nothing new. It's now pushed and prodded and pranced around and deemed normal, but it's nothing new. It's a way of breaking God's law and using this one day as an excuse to do it. What would Jesus do? How do you think that he would feel about it? So we go back to the beginning. And we talked about how we do just enough to get by. You know, there's things that we don't take into consideration that once we get to heaven... There's still some unfinished business there. You know, Jesus is coming back with his reward in his hands. You know, I often thought that that might be a, a long time off that we probably have to, to get ours up there. But as the days go by, we see the condition of the world. I'm starting to think like some of the apostles and wondering... If it's now the time, I believe that there's, it's getting short. That if we don't see a turnaround pretty soon, that Jesus is going to have to make his return trip. And they say he's going to come with his rewards in his hand. And how many of us are going to be sticking our hands out to receive? And there's going to be very little there. Very little there. We forget about that there's going to be a great throne of judgment where we are going to have to be accountable for everything that we've done. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm on my knees at Jesus' feet, there are some things 
that I'm going to wish I'd done differently. Many of us are going to wish that having fun and doing things the way we've always done it was not the way that we carried on. We're going to wish that we had been strong. God never said it was going to be easy. Jesus says it's not. Because we are, we're in battle. We are going up against the masses. We now are the minority of the world. Satan's got a strong foothold. His reach has grown so far. And it keeps becoming easier for us just to back up and give up and surrender and give in and go with the peer pressure of the world. Instead of standing strong and standing up for what is right. We have to make hard choices. Nothing in life that's worthwhile is easy. We have to work at it. We have to earn it. You know, we get to that point where we want to get in, in better health and better shape. We want to lose weight. What do we have to do? We have to give up the things that we enjoy most, like being lazy. We have to start exercising. We have to give up the foods that we like because it seems like the better something tastes, the worse it is for you. We have to exercise portion control. And none of these things are fun or comfortable, but it's necessary to gain what we are after, which is better health, a better life. If we want to have provision, we have to work hard at what we do to be able to earn that income. It may not always be nice, it may not always be pleasing, and it's hard work, and of course there's always better things we'd rather do, but it's a necessity that we have to do. And God has all these great things for us, both now and in heaven, but there's things that we have to do to be able to receive these things. And sometimes it's not the, the easiest choice. Sometimes on the surface it don't seem like it's the best choice or going to be the, the most fun. It's not going to be the most comfortable, but it's going to be the best because that's what God wants. Is it really worth your salvation, your connection with God, your not receiving for a man-made holiday? Is it worth your kids missing out on all these things of God because of a man made holiday. And that's something that you only you can decide. That's something you have to look through the filter of God and say, hey, is this really worth it? Is this what God wants? Is God happy with what I'm doing? 
And if you have any questions about it, then maybe you ought to take a, a deeper look. We looked at some of the scriptures today about what the Word has to say about it. And the thing you have to do is and look and see if what you're doing fits any of those things we've talked about today. And it don't take very much looking at all. We went through some of the basic principles today and just looked at it through common sense about what we know of God, what we know of Jesus. And we see that this is a path we don't want to be on. And again, I'm not harping on you or trying to put down anything. I just want you to think. One thing that we do the most is we fail to involve God with everything we do. God wants to be here every step of the way. And when we step away from him, when we ignore him and keep him at arm's length, that was when we get into trouble. We want to let the flesh be pleased. And we can't have God watching if we're doing that because there's so much that is pleasing to the flesh, but it's not pleasing to God. And we have to make these sacrifices. I guess that's the wrong word, a sacrifice, because even though we are giving up something, it's to gain something better. God's not an evil taskmaster. He's not telling us to do these things for his pleasure or his benefit. It's all for us. He wants us to have that connection. He wants us to be able to receive. He wants us to have good things. He wants us to have a good heart. And he wants us to be able to share that. He wants to further his kingdom. He wants to save souls. And through us is how part of that is going to happen. But we have to be that good example. Why don't you celebrate? Well, this is why. Because this is what the word says. This is what my God wants of me. We can be that example. Take a look. Really look at what you're doing and why you're doing it. What the origins of it is. We have so many things now that they want to removed from history because it's so bad. Maybe we should look at the, some of the things that we're still carrying on, the traditions that we're doing, and see how they are. See if they still stand up today. See if they are standing in the way of God.